All right, who in here uh, has a car? Raise your hand if you have a car. Okay, who in here loves their car? Does anyone love their car? All right. Who in here, who in here has a dream car? Just raise your hand. What's your dream car? All right, yell it out. Ready? One, two, three, yell it. I mostly heard terrible cars. Truck, that's good. What about you guys over here? What's your dream cars? A Subaru? A Jeep? What kind of Jeep? Wrangler? Yeah? Dream cars? Don't know? Don't know? Xterra. Interesting one. Dream car? Those are cool. The 2-2 is pretty cool. Dream car? Miata. What year? Convertible Miata. Okay. Dream car? Mustang. New one? Old one? 68. Yeah, I drove one of those. Okay. Over here, dream car? Ford Focus. A Tabro, a GTR. What year? What year? Big difference. What'd you say? You screamed a lot. What, what year? Okay, what year? Yeah, that's a 33. They started 34 and 98. Okay. I loved, I still do. I love cars. I mean, holy cow. I, I love cars. I don't know why. It's like a thing. I love wrenching on cars. I love working on cars. I love driving cars. It's like my obsession. It's my obsession. Cars are my obsession to the point where I actually worked for this company when I was 16. And my job, I got paid to do this. It was wild. Like my job was to take my digital camera out, go around Denver and take pictures of cars. And every picture I took of certain cars, I'd make like 10 or $12. And I love cars. I have like this weird obsession with cars. I mean, I could tell you about the weird stuff of cars that nobody needs to know about that doesn't make any sense. I love cars. It's just like a hobby of mine. In fact, in fact, the day I turned 19, I made a commitment to myself. The day I turned 19, I said, for the rest of my life, I will always, always have two cars for myself. I'll always have a big truck. Does anyone want a big truck? Like a lifted four by four, like a truck, or a Jeep, or like a Jeep. I'll always have like a big truck, and then I'll always have like something street, like something lowered, something that has power, something that's fast, something that you can street race. And so I turned 19. And what I did is, is, is I had a Jeep Cherokee, actually. Asher has one of those. I had a Jeep Cherokee that I was working at Pizza at the time. I had a Jeep Cherokee, and I put thousands of dollars into this thing. I mean, I lifted it five inches, I put bumpers front and rear, I put on rock sliders, I did everything. I did what's called a low gear gearbox, I did the winch in the front and spare tires and roof racks and lights, I did it all. I always had a nice sound system, right? You guys ever have like subs and in your sound? Yeah. I loved cars. And on Jeeps, on Jeeps, sometimes you see a Jeep and you're like, dude, why has that Jeep got undergo? That's weird. No, 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 they're called rock lights and they're cool. So I had rock lights on my Jeep. And when you add it up, I spent thousands of dollars on my Jeep. And then I turned 19, I was like, dude, I need something that I can street race in. So I went and bought, I went and bought this thing, it's called a, a Ford Escort, right? It's old Escort, but, but they're like totally lame cars until you engine swap them and throw a turbo in. And now like, wah, 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 wah. I had like the crazy exhaust that would, if you drive in a parking garage, all the car alarms go off. You ever hear that? So obnoxious. Blah, blah, blah. I loved cars. At some point, I think I have a picture. 
I had an Acura Integra. You might not know what that is, but it's a faster little hatchback. I used to deliver pizzas with this car. I turboed this little car. It's called an Acura Integra GSR. It's like a fast car. It's like a, if you're in the Honda tuning world, I had it lowered. I had a built-up B18C1. That's just a type of motor. I was probably pulling 260 horse at the wheels, which is pretty quick for a car that's real light. And I loved cars. I got to the point where I was so good at tuning cars and, and racing cars, don't do that, it's really bad, and, and jumping Jeeps, that I was like, man, this is going to be my life. I'm going to open a shop, and I'm just going to tune cars all the time. And I realized that I had to get my dream car to make this happen, my dream car. And this is when I'm in college, right? And my dream car at the time was an Audi. Callie has an Audi. It's cool. But specifically, this is very specific. That is not an A6. This is, they only made it one year. This is a 2001 Audi S4 with the R kit B5, which means it's a twin turbo V6 with a six-speed. And what that thing on the front is below, the thing that says Hoodrich, it's called a front mount intercooler. This was my dream car. I mean, this thing is fast. This thing is awesome. And, and, and they, they will light anything up on the street because they're all-wheel drive. So I got to the point where I started, I started working really hard. I'd work like, there was a time where I was working between 40 and 50 hours a week at Pizza Hut. And then I'd work 10 to 15 hours at the church. And then I'd go to school full time. I just wouldn't sleep. And I thought, if I can just get my dream car. I'll love my life, and everybody around me will love me because I'll roll up in my B4S5. That's a rare color. It's called Nogario Blue. Oh, I only made it one year. And so I started saving all my pennies. I started working really hard. I ditched all my friends, and all I would do, all I'd care about is get my dream car. So one day... Right, I do a nationwide search. I use a company that can help me search nationwide. And I do a nationwide search for like six months. And I save up $15,000. That's a lot of dollars. $15,000. I save it all up. And then I go find the car. I go see it. And oh, man. I mean, it was beautiful. It was perfect. One owner, only 65,000 miles on it. Rebuilt KO4 Sport Turbos. With an aftermarket blow-off valve, oh, it sounded good. It just happened to be in Colorado Springs, so me and my buddy, we drive down there. I get all my cash, which if you ever felt $15,000, feels like a lot. I'm not a rich person, but oh, 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 I feel like I'm going to open my briefcase and show you my $15,000. I go down to the Springs, and I just oh, stare at it. This beautiful thing that I want, that I've worked so hard for, and finally I could do it. I could do the thing that I want. I, I could get the car that I've been looking for. I could spend every dime. I mean, I could, I, for, for months, for almost a year, I didn't eat out with my friends because I would just have Top Ramen because it's like 60 cents at the store. And so I'm looking at this guy, and I drove it around. And I'm like, okay, man, I'm ready. I'm ready for my dream car. And right as I go back to my car to get my money, I think to myself, and maybe it was God's voice or maybe it was my own self, and I think, I'm sacrificing everything for a stupid car. Don't get me wrong. I love cars. I think cars are really cool. I love how they're made. I love how they work. But at the end of the day, what does a car do? All it does is get me from my house to Chipotle. 
And I realized something. I realized that my heart was not in the right place because all I cared about was cars. So much so, the week before this, I was hanging out with a group of friends and meeting some new buddies, and I happened to drive my little Acura, my little street car. I happened to drive it to go meet my buddies, and they were all in Jeeps. And I was embarrassed because I didn't show up in my K5. It's a, it's a Chevy Blazer, a big Chevy Blazer. I had 12-inch Lipkin on it. And I didn't show up in my, in my 4 by 4 truck, and instead I showed up in this little car, so they're all just making fun of me. And all I was thinking, like, no, guys, I really am cool. I have a cool truck, too. What I realized is that I'm defined by cars. Not only am I defined by cars, but I sacrifice my time, my effort, my money, my energy for cars. I'll do anything to get in the next car, to get the next mod, to get the lowering kit. I'll do it all. So I go back to my car when I'm about to buy this new Audi. And for some reason, I hear in my voice, or I, just, or I hear in my head, or I just think it, Where your money goes, your heart follows. Where your money goes, your heart follows. Where your money goes, your heart follows. And instantly I thought about the fact that I'm willing to spend all of my money on something as dumb as a car. As something as silly as a car. Where your money goes, your heart follows. All of a sudden I was going to fork out every penny I had for what? So I could drive something fast? So I could look cool? So that it looks good when I'm on the street? So I can pick up chicks? Yeah. Where your money goes, your heart follows. The reality is, this is what happened to me. All of my money went into these mechanical things that any day could just blow up, break down, and not do what it's supposed to do anymore. And my heart was in it. And no longer, no longer did my heart follow or chase after Jesus. No longer did my heart follow or chase after my friendships or my relationships. No longer did I even care about the friends around me instead. All I cared about was the cars. It's actually why, if you know me today, it's actually why I drive very basic, simple cars now. I have a Toyota Tundra and a Matrix. Simple, basic cars because I know this is a temptation of mine. I could get sucked into this hobby. Don't get me wrong, hobbies are not bad. I don't even think cars are bad, but when it takes over your life, have you ever had something that took over your life? That everything, you're willing to sacrifice everything to do it, to achieve it, to get it, to get the gold, to be the captain, to get all the grades. Are you in a point where something takes over your life? And I will bet you, most likely, your wallet follows into that same category. Some of you have jobs. Raise your hand if you have a job right now. Even if it's babysitting, that's a great job. Okay, a lot of you have jobs. Some of you are probably close to getting a job. Some of you might have allowance. Some of you have to, have to pay for your lunch at school. Tonight, I just want to talk about one simple thing, the disgust I have with Christmas. We screwed it up. We screwed up Christmas. There's a study done by this place called Investopedia. Families spend $1,500 
on Christmas stuff. Don't get me wrong, we should celebrate Christmas, but we should celebrate it right. We spend $1,500 on, when we're we're going into the Christmas season, what are we remembering? Are we remembering the Christmas stuff? Or are we remembering the right things? There was a study done by uh, Cornell University, it's a great big university, by Dr. Thomas. He did this study for 20 years, 20 years. And he found this, people who spend money on stuff over experiences or helping others are generally less happy. If you spend money on stuff, on things, on cars, on Apple watches, on the new iPhone, on clothes, on shoes, if you spend your money on stuff, you're generally less happy than if you spend your money on experiences or in helping others. Not a Christian study. This is a study that was done in the secular world. He says the problem is we constantly want more stuff. We constantly want more things. We constantly need more and faster and bigger and better and the hottest trends and the newest shoes and the best iPhone. We want more stuff. And I want to ask you, as we're diving into Christmas, what's on your stuff list You know, my mom asks me every year, can you give me a Christmas wish list of all the things you want? And I know maybe she just wants to celebrate me. She just wants to do something nice, but I actually hate that. I don't need more stuff. Why do I need more things? I mean, I'm perfectly clothed. I have food in my pantry. I have a car that I drive where I need to go. I don't need more stuff. And the reality is, Where your money goes, your heart follows. We, especially for those of you who are working now, if you could think about it, the last $100 you earned, where did it go? Food. Probably a lot of it going out to food with friends. Yeah. Maybe new shoes. Maybe new clothes. Maybe gas. Did you ever, when you had that $100, did you ever first do what the Bible asks us? I'm not going to have to dive into this, but the Bible asks us to give 10%. It says the local church, but give it to anyone. God doesn't need your money here at Crossroads, but maybe somebody does. Did you give 10%? That's $10. Did you give $10 to either church or maybe an organization? Maybe there's a place called Socks Place that my wife and I uh, financially help with because we just believe in their mission. Then with your other $90, if you really think about it, what did you use it for? Stuff? Uh, even food. Right? Going out to friends and food and Chick- Chick-fil-A or Chipotle, that's great. But is that the most important thing? Is that what matters the most? I believe the statement is true. Where your money goes, your heart follows. <laughs> My heart is definitely a Chick-fil-A sometimes, but should it be? Should it be? The problem is, we turned Christmas into a business. We turned Christmas into a business. They're talking about billions of dollars spent this month. Billions of dollars. Billions of dollars spent this month on stuff. On stuff. At what point do we have enough stuff? 
At what point do we say, I am so sick of getting the new car. I am so sick of getting the Apple. How much stuff do I need? As a kid and still today, sometimes I just remember Christmas is the time that I get stuff. We messed it up. We messed up. So I want to ask you. I want to read this story really quick and then um, we'll be pretty quick actually. I want to read the story really quick. When it comes to Christmas, you've probably heard this before. When it comes to Christmas though, what are you celebrating? When mom says, what do you want on your Christmas list? Do you put down clothes? Clothes, everybody needs clothes. That's not bad, yeah. Put down a new Apple Watch, new iPhone, new computer, new guitar, maybe new stereo for your car, maybe new speakers, the new skateboard. None of these are bad things, but if you think these things will bring joy, all the evidence pushes to the other side. They don't. And if you don't want to, something Lindsay and I always do is we never buy each other gifts. Instead, we buy somebody who needs it. That's a great option. Maybe say, Mom, look, I, don't, I got everything I need. Can we help support blank? Maybe a friend of yours, maybe a cousin, maybe a neighbor. Or just going solely off what this research says from Cornell University, maybe instead of a gift this year, you should ask for an experience really quick. Winter camp's coming up. I think the best thing you could ask for Christmas is winter camp. Your parents want to celebrate you. They want to help you. They want to serve you. They want to spoil you a little bit. Maybe winter camp should be your Christmas gift. Most of us are too selfish, though, if we're honest. Most of us are too selfish, and we say, no, mom and dad have to give me presents, and I want to go to winter camp. Maybe, maybe it would be worth it to say, instead of my gifts this year, maybe I can go to winter camp. On that, I had somebody ask me today, man, why is winter camp so expensive? It's almost $200. Um, the church must make a lot of money. Can I just tell you that the church actually pays for between $50 and $70 for each person? We actually lose money on every single person we bring. It just costs a lot. It's a bummer. I hate it. I know. It's true. But the reason the church does that is because we know it's worth it. If you've ever been to winter camp, you know it's a life-changing weekend. Absolutely, you should go. It's totally worth it. And maybe this year, instead of Christmas gifts, you should say, I want to experience Jesus in ways that I never have before. And one way to do that is winter camp. So Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, here we go. Um, verse 18. Here's the point of Christmas. We turn it into a business. We care too much about stuff. We let things define us. We let our newest gadgets define who we are. But the point of Christmas, you know this. We have to be reminded because we forget all the time. I do too. The point of Christmas happens right here. This. Uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid of Mary as your wife. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You'll have a son, his name is Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Why do we need stuff? 
Why do we need things to make Christmas special? Why do we need presents to make Christmas a special time to celebrate? I think sometimes that we forget we are the only religion in the world that had God walk on earth. He came to earth. All the other gods are a deity that exists either in statues or in stars. Our God walked on earth because he loves you. When it comes to Christmas, we only have a few weeks until Christmas. I know you have finals coming up. But can I just say, can we just flip a switch? Can we start here? Can we start now? Can you start while you're in high school and say, I'm going to commit to Christmas not being about the stuff. But instead, Christmas is going to be about the fact that my Savior walked on earth to die for my sins. Last thought as the band comes up. Where your money goes, your heart follows. This is something that we've been told before. This is something that has been researched. But I want to ask, can we flip it? Can we change how we see this? Instead of saying where your money goes, your heart follows, could we say where your heart goes, your money should follow? Instead of leading our lives or letting our lives be led by our wallets, by our stuff, by the things that we can get, by the cars we can drive. Instead of letting our lives be defined by having the coolest new shoes or be defined by having the coolest car on the block, can we change that and instead do a heart check and say, what does my heart want? And if you're like me and you're like, man, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I just don't know how. My heart wants to follow Jesus. I just don't know how. Us Americans, we're not good at this. Can I just give you a suggestion? Start here. If you're at a point where you're like, I just want to follow Jesus, but I don't know how, start here. Instead of letting your money decide where your heart's going to go, stop and say, what does my heart want? And let my money follow. If we let our heart choose our lives, we might change the presence we care about. We might change the gifts we get or give. We might change the cars we drive or the clothes we wear or the shoes I have. If all of a sudden my heart is for Jesus first, what I do with my money, even in high school, even when you don't have much money, it never gets easier. What you do with your money now is what you're going to do with your money when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40. Can we change it and put our heart first? Last thing, really quick. Um, I was with a friend, Lydia. I don't even know if she's here. I don't know if I saw her. Hi, Lydia. What's up? You were wearing a bright orange shirt earlier. Earlier, you were wearing a bright orange shirt. That's how I didn't see you. Anyway. Um, we had like a fourth and fifth grade thing. This is like this guitar is feeding back. We had like a fourth and fifth grade thing um, for fourth and fifth grade leaders. And um, I was talking to Lydia. We're celebrating our leaders, and Lydia's one of the leaders. 
And I was so impressed by her. I'm so proud of you. You're just a stud. She said, I really want to go to winter camp. And my brother, what grade is your brother in? Seventh. And my brother really wants to go to winter camp. But I have to pay for it myself. And, and I'm really close to, I'm, I'm saving up, I'm really close to it. I, I'm waiting for another paycheck, but I'm wondering, is there, you know, is there a way that you can help me in this? And all I wanted to say, that is the point. That's the way to do it. That's what matters. We can all spend our money on stuff. I went shoe shopping yesterday. You spend hundreds of dollars on shoes. I hate it. But if you let your heart choose first, would you put your money somewhere else? Would your money do something different? Don't let Christmas, please don't let Christmas be about the business. Instead, let Christmas be a celebration of our Savior. Follow Christ. That's what matters. Follow Christ and you'll be surprised how you might start thinking about your money differently. I think we all should. Let's pray. We'll jump into worship.